Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Maybe our next guest is used to a 13-hour television day. He does a great job with the pre- and the post-game show on the Grizzlies Networks, and he's also the sideline reporter, and he's sweet with the tweet box. And he's uh, by many, you know what? I'm friends with Eric Hasseltine. I'm I'm friends with Pete Pranica, but uh, this guy might be Mister Mister Grizz. Rob Fisher joining Alan Styles and me, Jim Cozumore, ninety-five-seven. The game, Rob. Happy Game Three Day, my friend. Happy Game Day. Happy Derby Day. Happy Preds Day. Yeah, it's a big day today. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Now wait, now so you're back in Memphis, right? You're 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 still there, or did you make it your way to Northern California? Yeah, no, we, uh, we're still back in Memphis, uh, unfortunately, this round. Uh, the broadcast, we're not traveling, unable to do the broadcast. Uh, we are still doing a post-game show uh, from FedEx Forum uh, on Valley Sports Southeast. So uh, we'll still have that. And uh, if the Grizzlies are to make it out of this round, we'd be traveling uh, going forward. So uh, unfortunately, not able to make this trip because uh, heading to San Francisco is it's probably number one on my list of favorite places to go in the league. Oh, buttering up the locals. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Buttering up the lo- – look at you buttering them up. Just give me a sense for what it's like in Memphis right now. Even up at 1-1, give me the nervousness scale. You guys nervous out there or are you still feeling confident? I think feeling pretty confident. I, I think coming into the series, Grizzlies fans really, in, in, because of the quick turnaround and because of the way the Grizzlies were beat up in the last series against Minnesota – I don't think much was expected in game one. In fact, I, I thought the Grizz, Grizzlies played a lot better in game one than I even expected them to. I mean, heck, they had an opportunity to win the game. Um, so I, I think most people were just like, hey, let's, let's, let's get a split in these first two and then take our chances, go out to Golden State and try and split those two. Grizzlies have had success playing in San Francisco or Oakland even before that. Uh, so th- they've had some success on the road. They were one of the best road teams in the NBA this year. So I don't think there's any nervousness yet. It's when you get down, you know, down 1-0, there was some nervousness in the building for game two. Uh, if you get down 2-1 to today, there will be a lot more nervousness on Monday. But I think right now everybody still feels pretty confident about this series. Uh, feel it, I, I at least feel the same way today as I did coming into the series. Yeah, I think that, again, being 1-1, you could make the argument that the Warriors have a little bit of pressure. I mean, home court doesn't necessarily mean an automatic win, and we were talking before the break about villains and and how some players do like playing on the road. I know John Morant's splits haven't been outstanding on the road, but the playoffs, and and he's a gamer, so you never know with him. Speaking of villains, though, Rob, and I know we started out with our pleasantries, you have found yourself (laughs) as the Warriors Twitter villain with what you had to say, and I'm just going to to read it off for you in case you uh in case you maybe don't remember you tweet a lot thinking back on g 
G2, GP2 and Dylan Brooks flagrant two, Warriors players left the bench, including Jordan Poole, while coaches were actively trying to get them back. Wonder if that is being looked at. We saw Jaron Jackson Jr. suspended for the same thing. You tagged the Knicks, you tagged uh, NBA PR, and you tagged the refs. My question to you. Okay, because you know what? I, everybody, I like to troll a little bit, too. Were, were sure. you being a bit tongue-in-cheek? Did you think it could actually, you know, catch some steam? What was your thought process there? Were you just trying to – sometimes you just grab a big spoon and decide to stir the pot. What were you, what were you doing there? <laughs> well, I'll say this. First of all, I, I don't think my tweet would make anyone with the referees – our broadcast team has a great relationship with the referees. In mm-hmm. fact, a lot of times when we – uh, when we talk about them on the broadcast, they will text us and tell us, you know, rules and, and, and tell us what the referees were thinking. And uh, we, we have a great relationship with them. So I tag them because a lot of times they'll write back. Mm-hmm. And I know and I know the rule is if you leave the bench to join an altercation. My question basically was what constitutes an altercation? Because right. when you look at when you look at the play, um, obviously, if you want to say Dylan Brooks clubbing someone across the skull and them falling to the ground is an altercation, well, okay, guys left the bench. Um, I think the referees ran to the situation fearing an altercation. I think the Golden State coaches held their players back or tried to hold their players back fearing there was an altercation and you didn't want your players to leave the bench. Now, I look at it, and I guess I would say I don't think there was an altercation but what technically constitutes an altercation? And the players coming off the bench, and I got a lot of response saying the players came off the bench to check on their injured player. That's BS. The players came off the bench because they were pissed off. Uh, they, were, they were pissed at Dylan Brooks for how he handled that situation and took their player out. So that's why they were angry. So are they coming off the bench? Does that provoke an altercation? I just think it was something that needed to be looked at. I didn't expect Jordan Poole to be suspended. I didn't expect them to say – I expected them to say there was no altercation, so there was no suspension. I just thought it was something that needed to be reviewed. I thought it was just a simple question and a simple thing that could be reviewed. And then the backlash I got – No, man, they, they, I got, yeah, nothing I, simple I, I, these days. Nothing simple these I, days. I, I love going to Golden State. I love going to games there. I love, I love the atmosphere in the building, but, man – my tweet apparently called out all the crazy fans because uh, it's, it's <laughs> no, that's pretty, the regular uh, fan. That's the regular Bay Area fan. <laughs> We're all wing nuts out here. Bunch of wing nuts. No, I'm part of the Fish Nation now. After that, I got, you know what? I'm with you, Rob. The the heck with those guys coming off the bench. I think the league should have investigated that. Way to go, Rob. So I I agree with you. Stir it up, yeah, my friend. I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because when we watched it live, you know, obviously when it when an it, it certainly was an incident. I mean, we're looking at semantics here. Incident, uh, a scrum, a hard foul, a flagrant two. Does any of that constitute altercation in the minds of the NBA? Because when we watched it live, I mean, as soon as it happened, I looked and the bench started coming out and the get back coach was late to the party. He got out there late and tried to get pool back and pool kept going. He got all the way out to the basket before they finally got him to go back. So I just thought it was something that needed to be looked at or and i'm sure it was i'm sure it was looked at i'm sure it was reviewed and i'm sure scott foster who was the head referee that night basically said no they were they 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 took a few steps off the bench but there was no altercation so there's no suspension i don't think my tweet 
woke everybody up and thought, huh, maybe they should be suspended. No. I think they're a lot farther along in the process. No, don't sell yourself short. Yeah, I agree. Don't sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> I'm on your team on to, this. To, to, to that point, though, I will say, and I'll throw it back to you, Coach. To that point, I do think that if Jordan Poole or whoever had gotten to Dylan Brooks, even gotten in his face, I think right. now you have an altercation, but they just didn't get that far. Yes, correct. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And and I don't. I'm not surprised. I'm not upset uh, that there was no suspension. I, I don't. I I think what most people have uh, responded to me is correct. There was no altercation. Thus, there is no suspension. And I, I think that's that's pretty fair. Um, but it was the other things that people were saying to me. My goodness, about my family. My family had nothing to do with this. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say every, uh, you know, and Coase is kind of saying, you know, the Bay Area wingnuts. Coase, I wouldn't say that because Memphis, your fans have been, everybody is a little crazy right now. I think we, we oh, yeah. understand the bad crazies. blood between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. And, you know, we, we, we see all of it. We hear all of it. So I'm not necessarily saying the Bay Area fans, a dub nation, is any different, any better, any worse than the Grizzlies fans. You can find the crazies out there, specifically in the playoffs, specific, even more specifically when you have a bit of this, I guess we're calling it a rivalry now, because why not? So, you know, it's I, it's everywhere. Yeah. But I'm no, sorry. I, I, I'm so, I am sorry if you did have to hear anything. It, it, whoever yeah, crossed awful. the line, we, 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 we never, we're never into that. We're Just because yeah. they're crazies out there, we don't condone the crazy. It's just... Unfortunately, that's just how some people are. It's called fanatics for a reason, and your your family should never be brought up. But you know, you sound like you got some thick skin, and you got to in this business. But uh, nobody deserves that. No, and, and you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure there are some Grizzlies fans that probably are saying some similar things. I mean, heck, I had Grizzlies fans trying to stick up for me and say we're going after them. I'm like, no, yeah, please don't, don't do that, don't do that. Come on, don't just hey, let's enjoy the basketball, let's have fun. Because this is a great series, and nobody wants anybody hurt. And, and, and unfortunately, I think my tweet, it, it, it just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because they thought I was being insensitive to the injury, and, and certainly not. I mean, that, that's the biggest concern, and, and I feel terrible for the Warriors that they lose a guy. You, ne- you never want to see that happen, especially this time of year, especially the story with Gary Payton of him getting here. It, it's remarkable, and, and Steve Kerr's pointed it out many times over the last week about him getting to this point in his career. So it, it's really unfortunate, and it's terrible, and, and it kind of changes the series a little bit now for Golden State, which makes Game 3 interesting. How does Golden State change with what they're doing with their lineup? How do they change with what they're doing guarding John Morant? And then the Grizzlies without Dylan Brooks and, and Steven Adams coming back, that's a lot of change too. So I, it's, it's, it's much different going into Game 3 than what we saw in Games 1 and 2 so far, and I think it makes it pretty interesting for tonight. But I, I still expect... I expect this series to go the way that we've seen games one and two go. I, I think it's going to be close games. Um, the team that can execute the best down the stretch can win the games, and it could go either way. So uh, I think it's fascinating. It's been a lot of fun to watch and, and looking forward to it. And I know it's going to be it's going to be heated at Golden State, especially in game four when Dylan Brooks is back in the lineup. I know he's going to hear it. So um, it's going to be fun, man. That's what the playoffs are all about. It's, it's, it's about – great competition it's about putting it all on the line and uh and having you know great games and that's what we've gotten so far through the first two 
Rob Fisher's part of the Memphis Grizzlies broadcast crew. He joins us here on 95.7 The Game. Grizz and Warriors do battle in Game 3 from Chase Center. We'll have it for you here on 95.7 The Game. Dubs coverage all the way through pregame at 4. We'll tip it off at 5.30. Rob, for the Grizzlies organization, this is their, their, their next best chance. They've had chances in their recent past. Their next best chance to kind of move into the upper echelon of teams in the Western Conference. What's at stake for the Grizzlies organization? An owner who, by the way, made his money on the peninsula here in Northern California. He's a very smart guy in technology. Uh, mm -hmm. They were very advanced in their uh, analytics as an organization. Uh, but they're the little train that could, right? The Sacramentos of the world, the Phoenixes, the Memphises, they're always looked at differently than the major market teams are. What's at stake right. for the Grizzlies in moving up in the echelon? Is is there more than just winning a series, but is it gaining uh, um, national acclaim and success with a win over Golden State here? Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's all at stake with this series. I, I, I think the Grizzlies this season, you know, the expectation wasn't to be the second best team in the league. The expectation was to be top six and to be out of the play-in game. In fact, my, my goals for the season for the Grizzlies were to win the division, which, which they did. Because I think if you win the division, not the divisions matter, but if you win the division, you're going to probably be top six. And, and, and the Grizzlies were. Uh, to move all the way up to two, this was, a, this was a leap. This wasn't a next step. This was a leap for the Grizzlies. To win the first-round series, and to hopefully have a long series here with Golden State, I think that's enough. I, I, don't, I don't think a loss here to Golden State would necessarily be a disappointment for this season. I think it would just be a next step for the Memphis Grizzlies. If they can win this series, yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's a huge jump for the organization. And you're looking at going into next year as one of the favorites to win the NBA championship. I, to me, this season overall has been – what I think the next step in the Grizzlies evolution and what is going to be a long, sustainable playoff run. Uh, you know, the last time the Grizzlies had a playoff run, it was seven, seven years with the grit and grind era. I think the excitement about this team is for how young they are. We're looking at another seven year run of playoff success. And to have the jump that you had this year makes you more excited about What's in store for next year when John Morant's another year older and Jaron Jackson's another year older and Desmond Bain's another year older? I mean, I think the future of this team is exciting. People ask me all season if I thought the Grizzlies were a contender to win a championship this year. And I was really slow to say it, mainly because of like what Steph Curry said the last time these two teams played. Yeah, we're there, but we haven't been through it. Can you be a contender when you haven't been through it? You haven't been through that grind. You haven't been through the, the four series and what it takes to advance every single round. So it was hard for me to put the Grizzlies in that contender role. But when you finish second in the league, by default, you almost have to be considered a contender. But my answer was always, I don't know about contender just yet, but I do know if you ask me if the Grizzlies will contend for a championship in the next five years, my answer would quickly be yes. Yeah, no, Rob, I think that's a great point. I think it's very similar. You know, earlier we were talking today out here in the Bay Area is Buster Posey Day. And last right. last season, the the Giants went 107 wins for a franchise record. And all of a sudden they were a contender when we nobody really expected it. And you look at the lineup, you know, we don't have a, a John Morant type star, but same idea. You go from being ahead of schedule to, well, now you have those expectations. 
Couple more questions for you. Going back just to put a bow on the uh, the Dylan Brooks saga. Is there any reason in particular when you talk about him coming back from Game Four and he's going to get booed until everybody loses their voice? Is there any particular <laughs> reason he hasn't come out and made a statement? Has he been advised not to? What's going on there? Uh, well, the the Grizzlies generally, um, if a player's out, they won't make them available. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that. That's kind of the situation here. That's kind of been the rule of thumb, whether it's injury or whether it's suspension. If they're out, they don't speak. It, so I would, yeah. I would guess that would be the case. Now, I would imagine uh, tomorrow when the team practices, Dylan Brooks will prob- probably be made available. It'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. But um, I, I think that's why we haven't heard from Dylan Brooks is because he's not available to play. Gotcha. And I'm checking now. It doesn't look like – I can't tell – if he has a Twitter or not, but I guess it's probably safer to just go ahead and, you know, handle it the official way. I, I get, I get confused now. Cause you know, John Moran, I mean, that guy tweets as much as he scores. So it's hard to keep up sometimes. I, 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 I did want to ask you uh, my, my last question here is this. I, I've been telling dub nation this, and I'm a bit worried here. I'm very confused because the eye test tells you so much. And I do think that this long layoff, because this is the premier matchup, this long layoff helps the Grizzlies, as you mentioned. Desmond Bain, he did not look yeah. right in game two. He is no longer on the injury report. I, you got to think that if you're a Grizzlies fan, so there's two things at play here. If you're a Warriors fan, you got to think Clay gets hot at some point. And if you're a Grizzlies sure. fan, you got you to gotta think that Desmond Bain turns into what he has been this whole season and really was one of the main reasons you guys were able to to beat the T-Wolves. What's going on with Desmond Bain? You know, I'm not really in the the Memphis Grizzlies Twitter space. What's going on with him? Is he is he is he back? Is he is he is his back okay? He just did not he looked stiff in game 2. Yes. I, I mean, he it, at times I have seen, he, he was walking around like Gilbert Arenas when the Grizzlies had Gilbert Arenas at the end of his career where it looked like one side of him was taller than the other side. That's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's how he was walking off. That's how he was walking off the floor. He looked. He looked. I think you got everything you possibly could get out of Desmond Bain in Game Two, and it wasn't a lot. Uh, but I think you got everything from him that you could get. I don't think it's a serious back injury. If it was, I think he'd be on the injured list. I think it's something that just kind of has been was bothering him. Uh, he was questionable for the last game. Then he took a charge uh, that he hit the floor really hard in the second quarter. Had to go to the locker room, came back. He just wasn't himself. He was passing up shots. He needed this rest more than anybody. But I think the Grizzlies as a whole needed this rest. As I said, that short turnaround from the Minnesota series, I think game one was played a lot on adrenaline. I think game two was played a lot on just giving it everything we got left in the tank. And they needed this. John Morant said after game five against Minnesota, felt like there were knives sticking in his legs. Uh, He needs these days off, especially after the performance he had the other night. Desmond Bain definitely needed this time off. Steven Adams coming back from COVID. I'd expect him to be in the starting lineup tonight for the Grizzlies. He needed a couple of days of practice and to get back with the group and, and just get a, you know, acclimated again into the system. So I think it really benefits the Grizzlies. The, the Warriors maybe needed a few days to kind of figure out what they're going to do now going forward without GB2 and what they're going to do going forward trying to stop John Morant. But I think the Grizzlies really needed it just to feel better, to rest the bodies for a couple of days. So I think they'll come out with a lot of juice tonight, and uh, they should. There's no excuse uh, not 
come out with a lot of energy for the Grizzlies tonight because of this time off. And Bain's been such a better road player than he's been a home player. I expect, you you know, you you said it, you expect, and I expect Clay to have a better, a a big game at some point. I I expect the same from Desmond Bain. All right, you can gamble in Tennessee. Uh, Would you gamble that the Grizz will get one of the two? I would. Um, just because I think it's, it's, like I said, I think the games are going to be close. I, I think we're going to see right. a lot like we saw in the first two games, and, and that gives you a chance. If the Grizzlies are in position to, to get a win in either of the games in the fourth quarter, I think they're able to pull one out because they have the closer in John Morant, and, and he's been amazing closing games out. So, um, yeah, I, I think they can. I, I, man, I, I think this series is so good that I, I think Golden State could win both. I think the Grizzlies could come and steal both. So I'll go ahead and go right down the middle and say each team gets one in these uh, these two games. All right, Rob Fisher, he's part of the broadcast crew for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, he's going to be working with my buddy. Say hi to Pete Pranica for him. Tell him Jim Cozumore says hi when he's seeing this afternoon. I will. Pete's a great guy. He's will. already tweeted out who the referees are going to be for this one. David Guthrie, Courtney Kirkland, and Trey Maddox. He's oh, always terrible. on it with the refs. They're terrible. Look on Twitter. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's all you do is follow the uh, – Pete sends out those officials every game, and I swear, I don't think any of them are good, according to the responses that he gets on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they start guessing where the guy's from. Oh, he's from here. Does that mean that he's, he probably likes these okay. guys because yeah. he's from here? Yeah, that's exactly he it. Had, he, anyway. had l- he had lunch in San Francisco once. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> one of those things. Anyway, hey, thanks very much for joining us. Have a great series, and maybe we'll talk later on. If this thing goes seven, we'll probably do it again. Would love to. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Rob. We'll see you. All right, that was a long one, but he had a lot to say. There was a lot to get into there. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.